Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I am Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society, and this is the after show for Middle of Somewhere, pilot written by yours truly, along with Trey Crowder, Corey Ryan Forrester, and Drew Morgan. Oh, man. This was so much fun. Uh... A, because I genuinely love these guys. And their bond with each other is so strong, and I often find it kind of moving, to be honest. And we got to do this in person, which was, uh, I could have cried, just to be in a room with people. Um, So even though some more of that's been going on lately, it's still the novelty hasn't worn off. Um, This isn't really as much an interview uh, as the four of us just kind of remembering the crazy development process uh, of this pilot, starting with the fact that the network that bought this show did not like the main idea of the show we pitched. You'll hear all about that, how we handled that, all the different permutations it went through, some false starts that we absolutely loved that were fun to talk about, the sort of what ifs. Um, Like I said last week, these guys are the authors of the Liberal Redneck Manifesto. Maybe you know them from their YouTube videos, their Comedy Central videos, or their uh, well-read, that's well-R-E-D, red comedy tours, uh, or the Well-Read Podcast. If you don't know these guys, you got to go online right now and check out some of their their stuff on YouTube, on Twitter. Um, These guys are really important voices in the culture. I'm just going to say it. And we get into the the difficulties they've faced trying to get authentic Southern characters on TV. And they're still trying. So, all right. Here is my conversation with Trey Crowder, Corey, the buttercream dream forester, and Drew Morgan. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum. And I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start the history of this pilot, uh, of my own history with this pilot. It goes back before we ever met. Because okay. a better time in your life, I assume. <laughs> I, yes, exactly. It, no, so you know, Trump gets elected, and Hollywood's response is everyone has to read "Hillbilly Elegy" yes. immediately. <laughs> yeah, and try and uh, and try and get the rights and adapt it. That was like yep. everyone was just kind of suddenly aware that there were human beings that didn't live in New York or Los Angeles, yeah. and we had to like try and exploit them yes. and figure out how to monetize that. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a deal at Disney, and everyone's sending me Hillbilly Elegy, which I read and did not like. Yeah. But, I, um, <laughs> but I, what I did like was, uh, was uh, Trey's videos. So I called up the, my execs, and they said— they were trying to make a deal with you, and it was between ABC or Disney, whatever, and Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Trey, you went with Warner Brothers and did a show with my friend John Enbaum. Yes. Well, actually, at that point you're talking about, I, that was my second deal with Warner Brothers, both with John, though. So, like, that was part of the decision for me was, like, I had already been with Warner Brothers, and I just— Stayed with them as opposed to going over there. So right, it may have been that, in between. I think it was like you had done one with John that had, I had worked, and I think that's when I was trying. And then yes. you ended up doing another one with, that also didn't go. That yes. Also didn't. <laughs> yes, correct. And I had because uh, you know r- radical honesty on this podcast. I had a really bad idea of a show that I was thinking of. Apparently, so did we? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, 
this was yeah. There's many bad ideas. I think my idea that I, I think I even pitched them. I was just like, okay, it was so on the nose and terrible, but I'm still going to share. It was like it's a show about a Hollywood writer who is writing a sitcom. Like with Southern characters, because he's because Trump got elected and everyone's trying to like do a show with Southern characters all of a sudden. But the show it feels really inauthentic, and so they want to pair him with an actual Southerner to help him write it, which would have been Trey. Yeah. And and then it's like a buddy comedy. I mean, with, I'd be into that. These two I actually kind of like I like meta shit. No, like me that. too. Yeah, I would be into the non-network version of that, where you can like have real fights and real conversations, because those fights would be authentic to what those two people would fight about. It, and that, and that, in my mind, I was just like, I'll just meet Trey. We'll argue about stuff, right. and then we'll just put that in. So you in can't the show. do blackface in yeah. y'all's business no more. Like yeah. that's out. Like Al Jolson, he didn't matter. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Jazz singer wasn't a hit. All right, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so that was. So I think I pitched that idea, and they didn't like it. And anyway, and then you, and then you did another show with John that didn't go. Um, and then the next step of this, I guess, is Ruben Fleischer's company yep. said to me when they said, "Hey, we, you know, we're all in deals at, at Disney, and we've got a few things, and one of them is Trey and Corey and Drew." And I got very excited. I was finally going to actually get to meet you guys. And I listened to the audio book of the book. Better or worse than Hillbilly Elegy? Oh, so much better. <laughs> so much better. If you had just read it, I don't know if you'd feel that way. But I think with the audio, it takes yeah. us over the oh top. Oh, my God. The audio. Yeah, it's the way to anyone, go. Anyone listening... You got to listen to the audio. Well, we put way too much of our own vernacular in there. If it's not on audio, it's like what? I know. I don't know. What, I don't know what the what the pay, uh, like the print experience of all that oh, skew and all like yeah. how you would even understand. Yeah, yeah we right. we went back and forth with our editor a lot, and I mean she was great, and you know conceded so many times where she would be like, "Hey, you have a, a typo in here," and it's like, "No, no, no, that's that's <laughs> it's spelled that way because that's how we want them to say it." Yeah, you can in can't, their mind. In yeah. their mind, we want them. She's like, "All right." <laughs> I uh quick backstory with Ruben. Uh he told us and and I'm I'm reading a little bit into this, but he came to see us at Largo, right? Yeah, yep. And he said his mom sent him. Yep. And it was to me it's like so funny. maybe I'm Hollywooding it up a little bit, but to me this guy was like, All right, mom, just leave me alone. I'll yeah. go watch the rednecks and see what this is about. And then we crushed so hard that he was like, All right, it's, man, I might be able to exploit these particular rednecks. It's also so typical of like our fan base and like an experience we would have. They were like, Ruben Fleischer, hip Hollywood. Directors coming to see you, really? Yeah, his mom's a big fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So that's okay. So th so that's how you hooked up. Yeah, with Ruben, mm -hmm. and it was just Ruben went or Eli and Dave. They might have been there. I don't Eli remember, but it been was before even. I, I just remember Ruben walking up to us after the show and just saying, like, hey, I'm Ruben. And we were talking to him for a minute, and then I, it sort of dawned on— like, Dave was probably was. on the salt flats or some shit. Yeah, yeah. shooting uh, arrows at yeah. women and burning <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> so these people we're talking about. So Ruben Fleischer, some of you may know, is a big Hollywood director, director of— uh, Zombieland movie. Zombieland, Venom, yeah, yeah. We've been making rich Hollywood douchebag jokes before we got on mic, but like, what about us? We probably did meet Eli first, but in our mind, we're like, yeah, yeah but uh, Ruben Fleischer. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Eli works for, works for Ruben, was obviously yeah. much less interesting to the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, We love Dave, you, Eli. And Dave Bernard, who's, uh, who's also works for, for Ruben. Those are uh, that's his team. So, okay, so you guys, you connect with, with Ruben and his company and then what happened i because i don't even know this like did did you meet a bunch of people when you met me were you talking to a bunch of other no no we, no we didn't they and it was i think it was one of those situations where i'm i'm fairly certain that obviously we would have had the option but like they i mean to, in from my experience and i could be completely wrong but it was just like they brought you up we were like, oh, word, and then saw the, all the bona fides, and we're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, well, of course. Also, when we met with you, I don't know if you remember, but you rejected, like, our first three pitches, and I think we <laughs> that liked that. means a lot that. to us. No, I think we liked that, because it was like, but then that, four, your eyes lit up when we started the thing they wouldn't let us do in the end, but, but your eyes lit up, and it was like, oh, there's something really here. This isn't just somebody who's right. cashing in on the country train or whatever. Well, the, yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, yeah, we had met a lot of, and still continue to always meet a lot of these people 
people who like you can just tell they're interested in that they could do something with us but not interested in what we want to do at all they're just like ching ching oh yeah different set whatever of southern yeah yeah it's the same as the midwest and you just were not like that at all and we were like oh my god this is awesome i don't even remember those i don't remember the ideas that i shot down it might have just been one or two to be fair <laughs> I don't the remember one, them either. And then the boat? Did we do the boat with him? I don't. I don't remember. What, I, I just remember. Yes. It, when yeah, we brought we up the the golf, golf course, course, is that's when he yeah. like sort of yeah keyed in on it. But was it was that meeting in person? No, I didn't think we were on the road, right? Yeah. And it was like a and it was not. It wouldn't have been Zoom because none of us had ever. Yeah, heard it was of like a Skype. Was. It was it like was a, Skype a Skype meeting. It was yeah, a yeah, Skype. Okay. It was a Skype. Yeah, I remember. But that. I just remember. Yeah, they. We got hooked up with Ruben's company and all that, and then they brought you up, and we had that meeting with you, and it just went really well, and that's all there was to it. Like, yeah, we didn't – because with Warner Brothers, the first time around, I did the whole, like, you know – Speed water dating. Yeah, yeah, speed – yeah, yeah, with a bunch of different people and ended up with Rob Thomas and John Embaum. But with you, we just met with you, and it just went well, so we just rolled Side note, it. Trey's got a huge vocabulary. What's the word – when Zoom has well, just become, well, Zoom has just become that for me, an, like Kleenex, an, an eponym. Oh, there, oh, there you oh go. yeah, like Kleenex. <laughs> Thank you, because yeah, I wouldn't have Kleenex. Yeah, yeah, Xerox Kleenex. Yeah, yeah. that's an dumpster is one of those. You know that? I didn't oh, really? Know. Yeah, they, dumpster's that, a brand name. Yep. Yeah. yeah, originally, yeah, those things, whatever you know, <laughs> those like, massive. Know. Tra- I don't like, even know what to call we it. Can even, we can still say facial tissue. Yeah, right. But we don't even know another word <laughs> yeah. for a dumpster, dumpster other no. than a dumpster. A, bin, a, a large receptacle. Yeah, yeah. I guess that would be it. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to aside us. Uh, that's no. It's important now. Everyone learned a little something. <laughs> um, so we had that Skype. Yeah, and I, I think I do remember. There's a couple things. God, I'm trying. It's so hard for me not to start doing some half-assed Southern accent when I'm around. Please do. No, I'm. Gonna, no, we love it. Gonna, it's no, it's bad. It's like when you order sushi in a like a Japanese accent. Yeah. It's like, what did I just do? Like, yeah. I just talked to the sushi chef in a Japanese. Like, I didn't mean to do that. My mother-in-law says like, Only that. That's funny. I love that. That's like it's not even close to right. It's like they're not even the right language. Oh. Just, so, but I do definitely remember. Uh, you guys talking about the golf courses, like yeah. these redneck golf courses in your towns, mm-hmm. and that people fished in the mm-hmm. in the water hazards, and there were, and you couldn't have glass out there because you couldn't people, have glass bottles because the boys like to play barefoot, which is an actual rule on a sign. Mine had cows in the pond. Yeah. The water hazards had was it was a real cow. Pond. Yeah, and there's lots of there are snakes. Yeah, and we just ate up with snakes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I think that's what I was hoping, you know, we've been talking to you, just get that. That just felt like, oh, that's, I haven't seen that. That feels so real. You guys kind of, you all lit up talking about it too. It was just oh, yeah. like, you had such affection for for those places. Yeah. And that just felt like, what a fun hangout to just like be in that little clubhouse of this golf course. So we, okay, so at that point, um, I think, you know, I was just like, I'm in. You guys, yeah, yeah. I guess, were in. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it took, a, I can't remember if we were remote for still a little while or we started well, passionate about I think person. I definitely was remote at yeah. least for a minute. I think because everybody else was here and then they, y'all just had me like on a computer in the middle of a desk and every now and then I'd just be like, hey, hey, y'all remember me? And yeah. uh, <laughs> well, we stayed in Airbnbs together a lot, though. We did. I just feel I like I didn't come here till January 2019. I feel like I didn't come out here and stay in an Airbnb until it, the money was on the table, and I, I was like, I, okay. I think it may have been Trey, just me and Trey in yeah. the room, and you guys like on Skype. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and just sort of fleshing out that world of that golf course. And uh, I remember there was that. I love that character. There was like a kid, like a delinquent kid. Yeah, who yeah. was mm-hmm. like a prodigy. Yep, yep. Um, DJ. I don't remember the name. RJ, RJ, RJ. That might be right. Yeah, because it was something. Ronnie, it, it, Van. Ronnie Van Zant Jr. Ronnie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Van. Yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Van, because his, his uh, somebody was going to have sex with his aunt. Ronnie Van Zant. Ronnie Van Zant. <laughs> RV. <laughs> yeah. These and by are, the way, I know that sounds uh, very stupid. I need everyone to know that we thought that was the most brilliant mm-hmm. joke that had ever been written. I tell everybody about that joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie Van's aunt was the perfect example. <laughs> Of the kind of joke yes. that fell completely flat. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so true. 
that tickled us all so much yeah. and uh, did not really work. I was and, so naive. We don't want to name execs' names or anything, but there was one exec was from Louisiana. And I remember in my head being like, yeah. she's going to go to bat for that one. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> like, sure. that's, she'll be the nope. That's a good nope. Didn't say no. <laughs> yeah. I think there was from Louisiana, but also probably born in like 1995. Yep. I had no idea. Who <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that was, that was the problem there. There's geography, but there's also a generational uh, right. issue with that joke. Not if you're really from the South, right. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I think like uh, you know we 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 pitched we got that pitch together that whole world of that place, um, and it was great because I feel like it was. You know, for me, in my position supervising, it's just like, I just want to draw out, like, what's the real stuff? I was, like, trying to just always get you guys to, like, paint the pictures. I don't know what these places are like. And it's just like, you guys just have, you know, it's where you're from. You're not yeah. faking it. You weren't making stuff up. There was just always stuff that was. Just, now, that like, was always the problem, too, is that they would, like, we would say some stuff that was, like, literally word for word pulled from his sister or pulled from a real experience. And they would be like, you're going to have to dial that shit back a little bit. Yeah. Like that. Hell, we did, kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I call that the Boomhauer effect. There's a reason they had to make Boomhauer a cartoon because nobody would have bought it otherwise. But you know, they're very you, real people, right? You guys, it's, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like Wally in in uh, in middle in this one. Mm-hmm. But um, and so we went and we 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 made our rounds and we pitched that, which was you know, it's always fun for me to not be the one. But most of it was not on my shoulders. It was just like you guys. Telling stories, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll, I'll actually love the pitch process because it's just a performance, you know. Yeah. I mean, you guys are suited to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like me as a writer, it's always a little bit like I'm putting on a fake kind of thing to do yeah. it. But you know, you guys are performers, so yeah. I felt like those pitches were great. Um, and then there was that moment where we heard from from ABC, like they like it. They, you know, they want to buy it. They just don't like the golf course. Right. <laughs> Which, if you could just take everything yeah. about it. Yeah, we had pitched a, like, redneck golf course show. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we're loving it. We're in, but can we just maybe get rid of the golf course? It's like, sure, sure. but I don't know what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is yeah. now. Because that was the whole performer. thing. <laughs> right? Like, we're in those pitches like, oh, they bought us. Right. Like, we're I great mean, performers. And then it's so invalidating as, like, a writer. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Way though it was because they were because all they liked was you. Yeah, right. No, I yeah. mean, yeah. In hindsight, it's like, wow, that that is crazy. Like we sold a thing that they didn't like to them. <laughs> you know, like they didn't like it, but they're like, but we'll fucking take it. I don't know. Nailed your character, boy. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but it was like a parody of a Hollywood moment. Yeah, was, for sure. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. We like everything about it except everything. The about primary it. thing about yeah, it. I mean, yeah. pretty much all, almost every aspect that we pitched was this golf course. It had right. to be. was the thing. Because right. that was our thing to them was one of the initial reasons that we, because they, they somebody had said, well, we don't want it to be a workplace comedy. And we're like, okay, well, and one of the things we said was like, well, Always Sunny is not a workplace comedy, but they've got the bar to hang out with. And we were like, because you got to understand where we're from, the only way a large group of people would ever just hang out during the day together is if they're working together in some way. Because in the South, people don't just sit around the coffee shop. People don't unless just they're like, old. They, unless they're old, right. But right. like these people are, there's going to have to be a reason that they're not just all fucking about all the time and, and they just couldn't, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Speaking of old, if you ever want to do Papaws at Hardy's, we got some ideas. <laughs> uh, you guys remember where we were? Because that's kind of a Hollywood parody, too. We were at that show in Virginia that had literally a Robert E. Lee, like huge mm-hmm. mural. That was Marion, Marion Virginia? Virginia. Yeah. yeah. And we were backstage when you called us and... Did we Dude. take our shirts off? Yeah. Or did we just have no. Them? I think I, you already had yours off. Sure, <laughs> because no, I mean, you did because as soon as you get out of the audience's view yeah, off I the think, theater stage, you always take your shirt off. And I mean, I'm never too far behind, but yeah, we took our shirt off and, and made. There was a kid that worked there and we were just like fucking <laughs> rubbing took our, his shirt off we were just like yeah we were just grinding our wingies on his butt it's like we didn't even know his we name we full Hollywood yeah, started grinding on a kid we say kid he was definitely of age yeah, yeah, yeah. no it was fine what we did like, yeah. <laughs> 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 but that could have been a real Hollywood story yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah, had a, a theater with a mural of Robert E. Lee that yeah. we performing at we even had a good country club Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was even. It was right there. It was right there. Yeah. 
so, but so that was a call where it was just like good news, bad news, kind of right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sold it. I don't know what we sold. Right. Yeah, but we because we got to start over. And that, start over. and that was the first thing that I'd ever sold. Like Trey had before, but I had so like I, yeah, was freaking out. Like all I knew was I don't know what's going to happen after this, but I got to this. So awesome, you know. We're Disney, gonna, ABC. Yeah, like these are show. These are yeah. things I know. Yeah, these are words yeah. I've heard before. <laughs> right. This sounds pretty sweet. So yeah. And then, it, you know, obviously it was kind of because it was, you know, they were our only option. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't a case where we had like lots of, you know, right. networks, you know, interested. So it was clear. It was just like, all right, well, we'll figure this out. Um, right. And then I'm trying to remember. I mean, I definitely remember the the first thing we landed on that we liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I want to talk about because I still fucking love I, it. Me too. Yeah, right. I've been thinking about it for the past <laughs> day since we did the reboot. Yeah, me too. Um but I guess we just sort of started talking about the other elements, you know, because the characters were still you guys, versions of you guys. Right. We knew we had that. And I think we had probably already talked about the female characters we, yeah. as versions of, you know, Trey's sister, you know, Corey, your wife. Yeah. Like, you know, we, uh, you know, we we're very lucky in the regard that none of those three people need to be embellished hardly even at all. Right. Like we already had it ready to go. Like yeah. my wife's a teacher. She drinks sometimes, you know, <laughs> we can do a lot with that. When she's awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had characters. <laughs> right. But we really didn't know what the heck situation we were going to put them in and what was going to like, what was going to be the home base. Right. Um, and then I think it was probably a lot of me just saying, like, tell me stories right. about your towns and things that, you know, you do that are unique to the towns. And then it probably was or Chickamauga, right? Had yeah. to be. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I know that I started going on and on about Ricky at like my high point golf course and how I think he had literally just died. Like, I think that in real life, Ricky had just died. And maybe that's when we started batting around the whole, like, what if somebody like, uh, Oh wait, no, no, no. We're past the. We're golf past course. that. Hold They've already shot down. Yeah, the golf yeah. No, we're talking about the reenactment. I was, yeah, but I think, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. We're not past trying that, but we're past the inception of. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Inception yeah. Of was doing that at the golf course. Yes. So we had to get rid of the golf course, right? But, like, but we can keep the reenactment. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Reenactment may still was was in the golf course. Yeah. Version, yes, right? it, okay, yes, yes, it was, and that came from just yeah. My hell, I had a bit about it at the time, and I probably just did the bit for you at the table, and yeah, because reenactments are wild, and yeah, but at the time. Civil War reenactments because yeah, know, Corey's town it was like a site of a big Civil War battle. Those are the only type of plays that aren't gay that you're allowed, <laughs> that you're allowed to do. That's a fine version of theater. Yeah, Macbeth. Uh, so and so we started talking about this idea of of a reenactment, and I think and so part of it was um, that they do the reenactment as if. The South had won yeah. the battle, which yeah. is which historically which, inaccurate. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> they all, I think the idea was the town every year mm-hmm. does that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, which is not historically I, I accurate. Would, and then we were going to. I would like to say you, for anyone listening, uh, it, my actual town of Chickamauga, it would be historically accurate because the South did win that particular battle. But in this fiction, I don't want any yeah. history buff to be yeah. like, I thought you were from Chickamauga. They did win that yeah. battle. But right. yes, in this. Corey fi- still yeah. thinks his dad might listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Uh, and we were going to try the initial to. golf course thing, but, but the one we ended up landing on, you were going to. Correct that. And yes, then, right. Was, I was. I'm the. I'm now the city. Ma- my character's just got a city manager job, and one of the things I was going to try to do is make that historic. Like we can keep doing it, but yeah, it's going to be. Like, it's going to be right? historically accurate. Yeah. So we got to change that. Right. And the mayor's like, no, at first, right. And we push back against it, and then you I were end up play. I end up I, finding you out you didn't want to play. You didn't want to participate, right. but you agreed to participate. And play the Southern general with the condition, with the condition that I condition lose, that you lose, that I yeah. forfeit and lose. lose. Right. But then, right. And then I'm Drew's playing the playing Northern, Northern general, general, but then Drew they get real sleeps with your sister. sister. And I find that the whole out. Time it has been point. the whole time, right? You yeah. have been the whole time. You find out 
yeah. during the battle. Right. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, fuck historical accuracy. Yeah. yeah. The South by the Rising. That's so funny. It's hilarious. It's so fucking funny. It was so, it was one of those stories. Like, I remember pitching it to friends. Like, listen, I don't usually pitch, like, you know, the the story outline to friends, but I was just like, I think that we, we just hit on a really yeah. fun. It was, I remember almost being scared that it was like, and I know how this is about to sound, but like, too good for a pilot. Like, where the fuck are we going to go from here? Like, how are we going to top our this reenactment? Thing? Trey, would you like to yeah, go well, over? Fret not. No, yeah, don't worry. Would you like to go over what my character's situation oh, was? Yes. And, he was. Because I'm feeling really I, left out here. I'm yes, not getting a lot of lines. Corey, yeah, so Drew's banging my sister, I found out, and that's how that all plays out. Corey, meanwhile, in the reenactment, is playing the role of Mud Boy, <laughs> who was a real-life, like, disabled dude who rode a donkey and delivered water to the soldiers on the battlefield or something like that. Ah, for the South specifically, right? Yeah, highbrow, man. Like, yeah, you know, listen. We Which know was historically it. accurate. That's what's crazy. It's like, uh, this kid was mentally handicapped, but he really, really liked slavery. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't go for none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, so have you ever thought about maybe putting in a golf course or yeah. something like that? Like, yeah, that was that was rough because I feel like we had recovered from the blow of yeah, having right. to lose the golf course, something we'd spent all these weeks on. We'd come up with something we loved. And it got shot down before we could even pitch it to the network. I yeah, think the studio was, shot the that studio down. The studio shut right. down. As I remember, Ruben they did, they did not did. really exactly back us up. No, nope, like, that's he, also he thought true. It was, uh, he had I think they all, they all just thought it was just like too much, didn't they? I think just they doing like were, Confederate soldiers I, I yeah, and all that. It's just too much. Because it was beginning. I, I don't think Charlottesville had happened yeah. I don't know if it had or not. Think, I can't remember if Charlottesville had happened yet, but it was still even so. It was obviously monuments were coming down, and yeah. it just felt like too hot for network TV. I guess right. even well, though it was, that, I just I don't know. You may have said this like just in general, but it might have been Ruben. I feel like somebody said this is a very always sunny type plot, and it's hilarious. But we're not pitching to FX, yeah. right? Yeah, and which was again was a huge huge bummer because. I mean, yeah, just us talking about that right now, like, uh, God dang. Yeah. Like, if I ever am in a position uh, to where I'm, I'm fine and I can just throw some money at a thing, we're just all getting together and just shooting that pilot just for the hell of it. Yeah, because there were so many great details because you guys just, you know, you knew all the, just how seriously people take these reenactments. Yeah. And that was just providing comedy, like, right and left for, you know, the people who were really into it. And Trey just being kind of, like, reluctantly dragged into doing this. And it was just like people had, you know, for me, when you're coming up with a story, you need like, okay, do people have strong attitudes? Do people really want something? Like, is there other reveals? Like, it just felt like it had everything we needed. I knew, knew we could write that and it would be great. So that got shot down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then was there even one more false start? I don't know. I can't. Um, I can't remember if there was a whole other different story. I think there were different like elements of the like at one point we were doing we were talking about doing a little more with like the there was a yoga class yeah. and everything like we have Katie being like a yoga instructor or whatever in the version that we have but for a while there she it was she was going to like Put on a yoga class yeah. or something. And was trying to gun range. Yeah, she had, had a gun she range. She ended yeah. up at the gun range, right? Because there was, because it was yeah. also getting into the places that are just like, no, yoga is a religion. Oh yeah, yeah and right. you know, the churches like wouldn't let her do it at the churches because it's, yeah, it's right. a religion, which was also felt like you know I I like. Just like I like that reenactment, I, I like that it was getting into some of the realer mm. stuff. I think all of us wanted to like. Get into some of the issues in a network-friendly yeah. way. Right? Yeah, which is the show pretty difficult. Be about something. Yeah, um, right. And then yeah, that it ended up like that. There at the, at Ballard, who was probably already a part of this. I think. Yeah, yeah. Who's and Ballard was someone you yeah, worked with. I worked with my old day job. Yeah. And he was like, he was a Marine gun nut. Ex-Marine, hardcore gun nut. Yeah, there's a scene in there where the character has his, like, seven-year-old granddaughter shooting an assault rifle. And that happened in real life, but it wasn't an AR, but it was like a, fuck, it was like a Glock 9 or something, you know, just this little 
pink clad princess just popping off at the range while, while our pop pop stands beside her going, yeah, get it, get it. There you go. <laughs> and he was like showing that around work all proudly. Like, look at my baby girl, you know, she's yeah. just. Uh, yeah i think so many of the things that probably seem like oh those are the far-fetched things they just made up are the most real absolutely ballard happens to be black trey's like the character in who is based on and i think we left that out and that's what i think a lot of people are like okay you forced this character to be it's like no no no. we're from yeah (laughs) yeah I mean, that's the thing that made him, you know, that obviously makes him stand out. Like, it's not like, of, of course, black dudes are absolutely allowed to be gun right-wing gun nuts if they want to. That's just not the thing you see a lot. But real-life Ballard's not otherwise right-wing. Right, 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 right. He's, He's just, just a military a guy. Ex-military right. gun guy. But he... He ain't like no, no, no. He yeah, ain't yeah. a MAGA dude, or right, right, right? Wasn't right, it like right. a big thing for him when he dropped his NRA membership or something like that? Did, did I don't know if he dropped it or not. No, he decided not to, but he was, he was upset the about th- that. I just remember him telling me once. He was like, "I don't know how this got brought up. Whatever." He talked about guns all the time, and he said something like, "He was like, Trey, let me tell you something right now. The NRA is one of the most systemically racist organizations in this country." And I've been a card carrying member for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and here's why. And it was just like, because we can't let them take our second, you know, yeah, he yeah, went yeah. into that right, whole thing. Right, 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 <laughs> But that, the, the, the raps are real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the weight loss God. raps, the very real. Raps. That's my favorite thing that remained. The raps? Because yeah. it, it's just so. Oh, the, well, the paddy walk. Yeah, also for sure. real, yeah. also real. But that raps thing, and it's not just necessarily raps, but that whole culture of and it, and dude, honestly, during the now during the pandemic, it actually worse. got worse because everybody had to start supplementing their income from home. So like now the the rap stuff and like you know what what used to just be Tupperware and Mary Kay is now that model is for anything in the South. But the most ridiculous is the weight loss. Yeah, I don't. Rap. I don't know if they're still out there doing it with the raps or not. But at the Who's time we on? at the time we were. Yeah, it's writing a, it's a this, graph. it was very much a like one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. one of the fads. But it changes that. every few years, but it, but the culture remains, and that's why I'm, I was so glad that it remained in the script. And that's why it's my favorite thing is the way Paige's character fights for it. Right. And because like I had, man, I've, I've been doing comedy a long time, and I started out there, and I had people not say anything about my religious jokes, not say anything about so many offensive things I had done <laughs> on Facebook back in the day, and then I had people like. Like one of my childhood best friend's moms unfollowed me, like sent me a message because raps is how she makes her money. It's like if you go after somebody's money, right. now it's like you're attacking them kind of thing. And so anyway, that's a big thing. The, the multi-level marketing is a big thing. Yeah. And that, and you know, it also reminds me, you know, just I remember and talking about Drew, your lawyering days. Yeah. And I had to, and that was a big deal with, with RJ, I guess. Um, or you know, Ronnie RV RV because yeah. <laughs> I think you were gonna so that was always all these things you know were like floating around and sometimes played a bigger part I think there were versions of this where there was like you representing someone was a bigger part of the pilot um, but then I definitely also remember you, that, that when the paddy walk which I feel like was your wife's town. Like, then is that where that was from? No, we did that. They did that in As, Salina, in, your, in my in Salina, in your home. They might still okay. do. I don't know. I can't remember. But okay, uh, and that was you know because a lot of what we did was just sit in a room and I just like tried to get you guys to tell stories, to remember yeah. stuff, to remember stuff. What other insane like, shit yeah, do I not do. know about? Yeah, and, one more layer of trauma down. Yeah. The good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And talking about that event where people place bets on, the, you know, that cow shit bingo. Mm. Well, there's other versions. There's chicken, chicken, chip, chicken bang. shit bingo, bingo which yeah. is the same thing, but with a chicken. I mean, it, yeah. There's like a few different versions of that. Our um. Random aside, our buddy Denver comedian Sam Talent mm-hmm. wrote this great book about a road dog comedian uh, that was, you know, pretty well received called Running the Light. And he has a whole chapter in there about a comedian who has to, he, uh... Are you getting the most out of your job? Could that whole thing that you do for eight hours a day be better than it is? Good question to ask yourself from time to time. Maybe you could do something about it. Whether you're looking for a new opportunity or want to make yourself a stronger candidate for promotion, how you present yourself is key to taking the next step. 
The University of Toronto Rotman School of Management is one of the best schools in Canada and the world. It's ranked number 17 for open enrollment executive education by the Financial Times. Rotman's unique virtual executive presence program equips you with tools and tips to engage and influence others. And don't we all want to do that? Don't we want to engage and influence others? Rotman has designed this comprehensive virtual program to work around your current schedule. With Rotman's executive presence, you can balance working from home and being there for your loved ones with building your emotional intelligence and making connections with peers across different industries. So visit uofte.me slash executive presence. That's uofte.me slash executive presence. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E to learn more and apply. Class starts September 15th. So start your application today to save your seat. That's uofte.me slash executive presence. Rotman. Here's where it changes. You know what I'm tired of? Deciding what to make for dinner. And I've got a feeling that uh, a bunch of you out there feel the same way. But Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Really, it's easier than ever to eat well, to make home-cooked dinners, to have options that work around your lifestyle. Green Chef's the number one meal kit for eating well. They've got premium ingredients, they've got organic vegetables, like high quality proteins. Those are a given at Green Chef. They take care of your meal planning, your grocery shopping, even some of the food prep. And it gives you more time to tackle back to school season. Um, I really, I really love making these. I've made these meals with my wife, with my uh, teenage kids. It's kind of fun. Nothing's too hard. So it's, it's an easy way to get them in the kitchen, get them helping out. Um, you know, how about a spicy chicken and veggie stir fry? How about uh, some roasted garlic and veggie flatbreads? Some Jamaican fried rice? Spicy cauliflower with tahini. Are you getting hungry? It's so varied. It's so fresh. The ingredients are so good. None of these are too hard to make, but you also don't feel like you just, you know, popped a frozen dinner in the microwave. Uh, You get the satisfaction of cooking dinner without having to shop for it, without having to plan. So look. Go to greenchef.com slash deadpilots100 and use the code deadpilots100 to get $100 off. And that includes free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash deadpilots100 and code deadpilots100 for $100 off. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our buddy, Denver comedian Sam Talent, wrote mm-hmm. this great book about a road dog comedian uh, that was you know, pretty well received called Running the Light. And he has a whole chapter in there about a comedian who has to – he uh, his opening act, unbeknownst to him, is a duck shitting on a bingo board or whatever. <laughs> it's duck shit bingo. And just that's the kind of thing you get into. But I'm just – point is, you know – it's, it's real and it, yeah. yeah, it's relatively that's, common in different forms. Right. Yeah. But that's it, set in the West, right? That scene happens, I think, in Kansas or New Mexico. Somewhere out that way, yeah. yeah. But it's it's common, but it doesn't end up in TV shows about the South, which are often written by 
right. people not from the South faking it who wouldn't know about that that is a common thing. Right. I think I almost be whoever what was almost as soon as it was brought up, the idea of like Corey thinks he's great at it. Yeah. Was was the thing that I just remember like, okay, now and that, I'm I not a numbers sure you go, I'm good at that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was about to say that's either something I actually said in the room or or also, very likely, Drew went. This is the type of thing that Corey would think he'd be good at, and I yep. and I probably went like, well, I yeah, I would. I would be good at that. Are you saying I ain't good? Yeah, because I have talked many a times about how I'm really, really, really good at roulette. I know, <laughs> and I am. So does my wife. <laughs> and I am, and so does my wife, and she is too. I know. So that I remember being after I had like got you know I've been telling people about the reenactment story. Then I think I remember something was like, okay. Listen to, you know, there's this cow shit bingo, and yeah. one of the characters thinks he's really good at it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and even reading of that stuff where you're out there in the past, yeah. taking notes, taking notes, <laughs> and yeah. like following, just, just like, like reading the greens and refusing yeah. to talk to Trey, too. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I remember all these things coming together. I remember as we were finding, like, I think, like, where we found, like, okay, Drew's just, just exaggerating some things, like, you're kind of. Wanted to have the right shirt for when Trey's coming yeah. back and and all that stuff like that. I wore these shorts for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to look cool. As uh, those attitudes are the things that get me excited when I'm writing something. It's just like okay, that you know, Drew's got kind of like a man crush on Trey. Is something we could do jokes for ten seasons for sure about. You know, right. that is whatever. Corey being a dipshit. We got yeah. locked and loaded for forever. I have got to, at some point, I've got to ask you about a particular story that I remember from the writer's room uh, having to do with Corey. How about now? Let's do it now. So I tell the story all the time. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I know. And exactly. I'm just curious whether you even remember it or not. So we have a very long running thing in our relationship where I've always told him that everything about him is exactly the way that it should be. I'm like, you're, <laughs> you're perfect exactly the way you are. So what that means is when he starts trying to improve his life generally, like, you know, get a little healthier or whatever, I'm like, no, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> you're perfect. You are the way you should be, right? And this is a long-running thing with us. So one day we're in the writer's room, and you're, like, talking to Noah, your assistant, kind of off to the side because it was, like, lunchtime sort of. And this same subject got brought up with me and Corey, as it often does. And he was getting fired up about it, as he often does. He's like, all right. We'll see what you think when I drop about 50, and that's how he said it, and you were like, you that that perked you up. You're like, wait, well, hold on. What'd you just say? And Corey was like, I told him that, that he see when I dropped about 50, you know, and you were like, 50 what? <laughs> 50, 50 pounds, and you went, oh, you can't lose any weight. <laughs> you were like, you, 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 went, you went, you're borderline not fat enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm fist bumping. I'm not doing a like, goddamn rewrite. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. It's one of my favorite things that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we were just like, wait, we're writing all these fat jokes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I still maintain, though, and I'll maintain it right now. I was like, but you don't understand. Like, if I lost all that weight, I would still look fat on TV. Like, I would still be the fat guy. And just, yeah, Trey was never going to have it. And, of course, yeah, you didn't want to do a rewrite. I well, understand. I love, what I love about it is it kind of validated both of them. It validates Trey. See, I told you, and it validates Corey, where it's like, you only see me as a vehicle for jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And then, to be fair, you know, we were, there was no body shaming. No. They weren't exactly, they were appetite jokes. You had, yeah. a lot, you had an appetite for pork products. I mean, hell, I wrote you, some of them. Yeah, yeah I, you know. You had your bedroom ham. Yeah. 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 That was your joke. Yeah. <laughs> Of course it was. <laughs> you know, I, think, I think when that came up, when the like pork product salesman, like, you know, that just seemed like, all right, that will also provide oh, yeah. jokes oh, forever. Early on in the pilot, when that t- I signed an autograph for that kid, yeah. and he goes, thank you, Mr. Pig, man. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the funniest lines in the whole thing. Yeah. It's so stupid, but it's hilarious. So we... You know, so this this looks like us in a room at uh, on the you know in the old animation building on the Disney lot day after day uh, with lots of snacks uh-huh. and coming up with all this stuff and uh, I guess we finally got an outline for basically what people heard approved, um, which we wrote, which was this draft, which was yeah. pretty. I think this was like the first draft we submitted even to the studio. Mm-hmm. I think or close to it. 
Uh, I can't remember the order because I know there I were different versions of the same story. There was one where I kidnapped the cow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There was that. And yep. I feel like that was a later that one than later. this one. I, I think, think. Yeah. I mean, this was the one where I, I mean, I stand by this draft. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like everyone's characters are clear. All the women's characters are clear. Uh, the story is just fun. And I still like hearing that, that, moment where you guys kind of make up where Trey talks to Betsy the cow. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite line. I when it. I say when I say Trey, Betsy told me what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just you know I'm borderline embarrassed to say this, but I almost got choked up during yeah. the three. I mean I, I, I mean I was I, crushing it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I get a little it's like a sweet friendship moment. Yeah. You know? And I think what it's hard to get there in a pilot, but I think the the history that you guys actually have and how well you know each other and all that mm-hmm. was able to be infused into it a bit. So it feels like characters that, you know, at least, you know, to me, I, I, it seems like these are real friendships. Well, again, not to be cheesy, but the line Katie says about New York, mm-hmm. you know, Corey and I both lived in New York. That's exactly how I felt about it. Where it was like, yeah, no, it's not home. There's a lot I love about it, but no one will ever have my back like you just did. I'm going to get choked up right now, yeah. man. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. It is that feeling of like, this is home. This is a, kind of a screwed up place. And there's a lot of things that all the characters have problems with about it. But yeah. And in that same sequence when she's like, yeah, she goes to bat for her and she's like, don't you actually believe all this stuff too? She's like, yeah, but like we're family. Yeah. I can yeah. say that. Like that, yeah, I family. identify with that so much because mm-hmm. like where I'm from, Oh my God, I'm, you know, and, and these guys know this too, like we're the stupid elitist Hollywood queers that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but if any of my buddies who say that about me heard someone that wasn't them say it, oh, they would hit them with a two by four. They're like, you can't, he's our queer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just the two by four they have on them at all yeah, times. At all times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that their mama signed before See? she died. See, you let us do that episode one. And then on episode three, after they started trusting us, we could have told them to stop being racist, Hollywood, which mm-hmm. is what they wanted us to do from the word yeah. jump. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there were lots of, they had lots of issues with this, uh, yeah. with this script. Um, and I think they were like, a, they, were, they were fixated on what are Trey and Katie bringing to the town? Right. right. That was like their thing. Like they need to be bringing something to town, even though it just seemed like, well, they are. And I really, I still love that moment where like Wally and the townspeople are like into the festival for tiny films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> that Corey has been like, you know, I, I still love that. I think I remember you pitching this, that, 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 that rail, old railroad is just yeah. like, What's the it's just over there collecting, collecting snakes. snakes. <laughs> I love that. Collecting yeah. snakes. Um, and then I think we... So many snake jokes. Do you think they saw... This is maybe getting way too esoteric. Do you think they saw themselves? Those are the only two characters they identified with, so that's why they wanted more? Probably. They, I, I felt that in the past with some of the projects you've had, the notes you've shared with us about the experiences you've had, so that's why I thought that. Yeah, I can relate, because these are these two feel like they're basically New Yorkers or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't feel as Southern as the other people, so I'm going to fixate on that. Yeah, they need to have bigger wins. And the, yeah, they had to, like, be saviors or something yes, for this town. Exactly. Which never, you know... Yeah, they did fixate on the town part of it, for yeah. sure. Because I remember we were talking... At the time, they had a show on that had to do that was kind of uh, about a guy saving his town, basically. Oh, they had the mayor. Yeah, right. That had like just come out or whatnot, and that may have nothing to do with this. I don't know, but I remember us talking about it because they did for some reason. They kept bringing up the town, yeah. like fixing the town or like improving the town or whatever was like a thing they were majorly fixated on. Yeah, and it's like, well, if we do that in the pilot, then what else are we going to do? I know, and I think it was, ironically, it was a thing that made the mayor not be able to work as a series because it was like in the pilot of that, it's like everyone gets together and cleans up this dirty park and then were you supposed to do that every, every week? Yeah. Like you're all, you're doing some heroic thing. You can't do that week in and week out. And we, you know, I think that city manager job was functioning to get you back home. I mean, the 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 main thing it was just doing was just like you wanted to come back home. 
but your wife was kind of dragging her feet and that was always going to be a source of conflict, but you wanted to be with your buddies and your buddies wanted you to stay. And it was just a thing that made sense for you to do, but it was never our intention, like to be a show about civics. (laughs) That was about city government. It wasn't, you know, even like parks and rec level. Right. Do you think even subconsciously everyone was caught up in the post Trump stuff? And that was part of that. I think it was, we have to learn lessons about these people. I think probably, I think everything, I think that was infusing everything. Like everyone's still sort of reeling and trying to make sense of that and having to feel like that. that yeah. Had to be there, if we're, yeah. If you we're going to have rednecks on TV, it can't just be that they're funny. There has to be right. something else to it. We can't just let these well, people we do have a to thing. own a little bit of that in terms of the stuff we had been known for. It. Sure. Like, absolutely. Right. But I think we, you know, set out to have that be subtler yeah. than it was in the rest of your stuff. That it, this was right. not the liberal rednecks show. Right. Yeah, I mean, hell, you we know. couldn't. I mean, there's no way we could do that for ABC. Like, as much as they want, it's like, that's still network. This is still something that they're going to want everyone to see, regardless of how they feel well, about things. it's also because I remember in the one I did with M-Bomb for ABC, which was just the year before this, I remember one of the first times when I talked to them, they very diplomatically but made it clear that they wanted that toned way down, the whole, yeah. like the like liberal redneck of type course. of thing. And it's like, part of me in my head was like, okay, well, I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing here if right. you don't want me to do any of that. But it's, they have this, it's like they want kind of that. Like they have, yeah. an, they have a vague notion of like doing some of that, yeah. but full on doing that freaks them out. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. they, and so they don't know really what that even is they, at the end of like the day. And I don't know. either. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to be reading everything we gave them very nervously. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Everything about it just made them vaguely nervous. Yes. because we came out of yes. the gate with uh, slavery and mud boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be. Um, I think it's like they they go, uh, okay, um, so we can't just have this be a show where it's a bunch of rednecks explicitly going out of their way to say, hey, racism is bad, and hey, blah, 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 blah. But then they were like, okay, well, then why don't we just show a bunch of rednecks who are good people and not racist? And they're like, well, that's not realistic. Well, it's also (laughs) like— we can't do that. That's another conversation I had so many times with, like, various executive types or whatever over the years. It's like, yeah, to just have— just have an example. Just of, have characters that are like super southern, whatever, but also just don't hate gay people right. and don't go to church <laughs> right. or whatever. It's like it's like I, do that. I'm good with that. We yeah. can just do that. That'd like, be awesome. But you don't have to point at it. You right. know what I mean? Like that's the just show like, an example. It's like, are we going to explain why this guy isn't a raging lunatic yeah, at any point? Right. Right. Guy, you know what I mean? It's like no, he just isn't. He just isn't. Not all like that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's getting easier with some of the other things? Because it seems like that conversation has gotten easier with some of the other places we've been. Of course, those are just production companies, not networks. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, this is like this was your third network pilot, network yeah. pilot, and it still is. I haven't done another network pilot yeah. since then. Um, well, even if you did, it would still be the third. Yeah, unless you went back in time and did one before this. You are right. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> what I just said. I know it's the third mean, and also the last the one that most I did. Recent, yeah. The most recent yeah. network thing I did. Yeah. So they gave us a note about the town, and <laughs> and I think then we came up with this thing where it was like Katie was painting an Instagram. Yeah, yes, I, I remember it. that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was going to be a special hashtag, and it was going to be used to promote tourism. People can stand in front, in front of, of it and take a picture. Yeah, because she was like an artist. Artist. I yep. think we changed her from a yoga instructor to an artist so that she was able to like do this Instagram wall. And it was, and it happened at Heifer Day. And I think maybe we still, I think I, I definitely were just like, I love this paddy walk. We'll, we'll try and give you what you wanted, but also, because I think they wanted to, like, get rid of the paddy no, walk. they did. And it's kind of ironic. Yeah. 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 And we were fighting for it. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was life imitating art. Yeah. And, uh, so I think we managed to hold on to that, but at the same time, also we did because that's day. the one that had me. I, didn't have the I stole the cow, cow in that one yeah. and brought yeah. drunk. You brought it back, yeah. and which was the one. like heroic gesture. I think was yeah. the returning of the cow, the cow or something. I don't remember, but either way, I know the paddy walk was still in it because that's what all that yes, cow that's shit all the cows was shit about. Went, yes, but there was cows, but there was also an Instagram wall that was <laughs> yeah. to bring people to the town. And, yeah, and you know. That was a draft that I think finally went to the powers that be, um, and which they politely declined to make into a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll never forget that call. We all got, we all hopped on the line, 
and uh, right, they're like, all right, we're holding for, you know, whoever. And as soon as they said that, you just chimed me and you go, this isn't going to be good, guys. Yeah. And we're like, I was like, huh, what? One yeah. Well, because it was, it the, was studio. the studio. That's yeah, how you know studio. if it's the studio, it's yeah. bad. Yeah. And I knew that... Yeah, so for those listening, that's how I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but that's how it goes. Like, yep. you're in January, February when decisions are being made. You get a call that says, please hold for. Yeah. And if that, please, if it's not please hold for the network executive, right. it's please hold for the studio executive, you could basically hang up right there. Yeah. Right. Because you, know, you know what they're saying, and they're, they're, there's never going to be any satisfying information nope. about the why right. why they're it doesn't passing. matter it yeah. doesn't matter it's just like it's a pass. it's a whole and bunch of just, what was we love you. you guys yeah. were oh the phone call yeah and i just didn't want you to be oh no you did the I right thing i didn't want you to be excited for any longer than uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah um and yeah sure enough it was i don't and i have no recollection of if anything was said other than um wasn't that one was just like they just passed on all of our stuff or something like that? Wasn't it just like a blanket pass? Pretty much. Like, yeah. Um, maybe it was that, but. Pretty sure I stopped listening after you told it's me. Totally. That. It's yeah, it's not going to be good. But it was, you know, I, I think, you know, it's so tough in doing these things because uh, I did feel like that final draft was not as good as this draft. Right. Um, and yet. What are you supposed to do? You know, if you just stick to your guns and say like, "No, we're not changing anything. We're not doing these notes." Right. Um, that. I mean, the fact is, uh, you know, you probably end up in the same place, um, right. and at least you, you know, would be handing in your, you know, the one you believe in the most. Right. But it just is so hard to do that because it just always is going to feel like, well, if we do these changes, right. Well, also, gonna, don't you. Isn't part of it that you need people on the other side who are kind of backing you, you like yeah. your champions or whatever, yeah. and sort of make the case for you to their bosses and whatnot? So you want to give those people what they want because yeah. then they'll be more likely to do that for you. Yes, and then I also, and then my next thought of that is like, does the others does that matter? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's frankly a depressing prospect. Just the fact that yeah. you have to have that on your mind during the exchange. I realize you can get into like very cheesy, like it's all about the art. But even if it's about selling the best product, if, if, if that's what it's about, very cynically, now I'm having to worry about your feelings, Mr. or Mrs. Executive, yeah. when you go back. That's yeah. just such a depressing thing because I have no skills at that personally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, there's there's no kind of way around it. And I just feel like, I, you know, I don't think it's just that, you know, that, that draft that we, you know, it wasn't like it was bad. Um, I feel like right. we found a way to like, you know, and there were found good jokes and whatever, but um, it definitely was, you know, to my mind, I think for, for all of us, not as good as it, but there was, it's just an unavoidable thing when you're, you're in the, situation that you're always going to be like, all right, let's try and execute these notes. Cause there's also in my mind, what goes through is like, am I just being lazy? Am I just like not wanting to take this note because I just don't feel like writing right. more things? Well, um, a lot of stereotypically, a lot of what they usually are is it's always like, we're at a page limit basically already. They want something added in and could give a shit less about like the jokes that are going to, yeah. it's always like some additional thing that's going to come at the expense of like something funny. You know what right. I mean? Like that type of thing happens a lot, which is also hard to stomach <laughs> if you're, you know, trying to write a comedy script. Yeah. You know the what I mean? Like, like, like we care, all the stuff we care the most about. the funny don't, part? Don't, yeah, they don't care. Like, they care about Yeah, that. all that yeah. heart shit, that was for them. Yeah, like, right. All, every even single, though, even, yeah. though even, like like, even though I like the heart shit. No, I do yeah. too. I do too. I do too. But like, I don't, until they made me, I didn't really have that gear. Like I would, yeah, I would have right. been comfortable doing it's always sunny with all three of us, which has absolutely zero heart whatsoever. Right. And just mud boy till I die. But yeah, the <laughs> heart the stuff was episode. Mud, yeah. mud boy till I die. Yeah. And the stuff that we would spend just a, a full day on, like, you know, whatever the bug tussle joke, you know, yeah. like the women's prison bug tussle joke, which is probably a day, like it doesn't matter. That joke definitely does not matter to whether you get picked right. up. Right. But of course. Like what we would obsess about. Yeah. Of course. Right. You know, endlessly. I do think it, the other thing that happened, which happens all the time, is there was a regime a regime change. Yeah. Right. The, the, the head of the network we sold this to was not there when the pickups were happening. Yeah, um, which is so never good. Was, and so we didn't really know what. 
you know, the new president's mandate was, but it might not have included, let's try and get some Southern characters on the air. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, and I think there was like, bless this mess. Wasn't that bless the year? I could be wrong about this. Roseanne. Wasn't that the year they brought Roseanne back? Oh, yeah. It was. Maybe it was. I'm pretty sure it was. And I, I remember no, thinking no, at the was. time that there's no way that was good. No. They're not gonna, like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they... Right. They're like, yeah. oh, well, they're going to let them do this. And, like, of course, if if I'm an executive, am I going with us or am I going <laughs> to reboot some incredibly great IP? Of course, you're going to well, go with us. Well, but the, we uh, wouldn't have probably not gone on a crazy racist tirade on Twitter. That's true. Months into the show. That's true. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. If they kept turning on my goddamn ideas, I might <laughs> Also, and this is something we're going to run into, and, there's, you know, you're, you're just banging your head against the wall. We're not Roseanne. Like. Right. I don't even what ta- wasn't that set in the Midwest? Yeah, yeah but, but it's like working class, it's, it's, that, 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 right. working class white people. Right. Dude, Shit. I was yeah, I was in a, a lift yesterday, and my driver was like, "Hey, he's like, hey, where are you from?" And I go, uh, uh, "Close to Chattanooga, Tennessee." And he goes, "Ah, Midwest." And I go, "No, actually, the South." And he goes, eh, "You know." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. What are you gonna do?" Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean that is. I think I think that goes in the same bucket. Roseanne yeah, and you guys. Oh, for sure. You know, for, for sure. Your dude. network exec. That's too. That's too similar. And yeah. trust me, I mean our yeah. people love Roseanne because it's it is it is it's working, working class. class. Yeah. yeah, we did a read. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. You know, I think that was just like having done these dead pilots reads for so long. I was just like, let's just do that. Let's just let them hear. Because also part of it was as much as we tried to phonetically right. <laughs> write this. Yeah. Right. It's just there's no, you know, your voices um, are your voices. And I think we was just like, oh, maybe they can hear you yeah. know, what this actually sounds like. So we did that read and sent that. I have no idea whether the head of the network ever actually yeah. listened you still to have that, that recording. I'm sure I have it. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I can send it to you. Yeah, that was fun. I kind of forgot, even though I hadn't done it with the ones previously, but I kind of forgot that that was a sort of like novel thing that you thought of like kind of late in the process. You were like, hey, yeah. what if we did this? You know, in my head, it was like that was just a step that that you do, but it's not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure other people have done it, but that was the first time I had really heard of like, yeah. you know, doing it and people seemed kind of like mm, that's how I would prefer it if I was the one yeah, having to do it like, like read let me just read these scripts let me just let like, me just put it in my ears and like car and see if I right. laugh at it yeah for sure and it was unique in that it had the three male leads mm-hmm. like very available to do it you know, right, like, yeah. you know it was just like me writing a script for a bunch of people you know whatever I mean you could come up with the actors but it's different for, you know this in this case it was you guys I feel like we definitely that you know we gave it our all yeah we sure <laughs> did sure. we sure did um and uh, it was a lot of fun too. Oh my god! I mean, I, I, I had that sort of like mini writers' room. Oh yeah, I mean, through the process of doing this was I, awesome. I yeah, I, I think back on those times very fondly. I, mean, I still tell all my friends like I used to work on Dopey Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely look back fondly. I definitely remember though being stressed, like feeling you know building it up in my mind. It's the fucking Disney lot, and obviously these are my friends. But I I wanted you guys to think I was funny. I very much wanted you to like me. I remember thinking like too like. Like we'd write a joke or come up with a concept, and I remember being like, "Shit, can I pull that off? Can I do that?" You know, as an actor, and like that kind of stuff, I had to like get over that or try to quickly. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, if it had gone, it's it's like that would have been a big deal. Suddenly, you're just starring in an ABC. Oh, that was another thing that we talked about all the time. Is like when as we were writing it, there was still this thing looming over us of just like you know they could recast us. You know, like we could still. And I was and and I made I just early on was just like you know what, that's fine. I love this show. If they tell me you can't play it, but you can still write it, I will. Yeah, I would rather. Obviously, that would suck to get recast as yourself (laughs) in the pilot you wrote. But I thought about that with every one of them I ever had. uh, did you did you figure out who who John Ham? What no <laughs> no no? It's funny. I recently wrote a, a spec script in which that thing that that happens to me. I get recast in a show about myself. So that's how much I've thought about it. But it, but Sanders. also it's like yeah. uh, if that. Like you just said, I always felt like obviously I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but I would rather that happen and this show get made, and I'm still one of the creative driving forces behind it and writing on it and stuff. Than just to like I, that's not a hill I would die on. That no. would be upsetting to me. Yeah. But like I could totally live with that yeah. if it meant that the show lived on and well, I was still. 
sculpting it. For you know, sure. Of course. That's I, more important to me than actually being in it. I had two dreams that you guys didn't get recast, but I did. And it was always because, <laughs> like, I felt like it was in my, at least I convinced myself that that was because we'd kind of pitched me as the ladies guy. And it was like, man, I'm too old. I'm too bald. I'm a little too fat. fat like, yeah. Like, it's not going to work. I'm going to have to lose great, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to have that. to figure this out or whatever, you know, or I'm going to get recast. So I had two nightmares like that. Now, that would have been stressful for I a think variety the idea was it was such a backwater town that even yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even you. I, mean, I think we wrote that, that in there. One of those, like, yeah. How's this guy? As an aside, direct to camera. Listen, here's what you need to you know. You got to understand. Uh, you ever heard the concept of a Tennessee tin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, I loved like that little room that we had, which is these days, that's a writer's room. I'm yeah, right. There's like yeah. four people. Oh, that's that's now like, yeah. you know, with the budgets, that's like a writer's room. Um, but uh that was a great time, and I feel like I stand by this script. Do you guys? I mean, it was fun oh, to hear it and read it. Absolutely, I, too. I, I loved getting. Of course, I read over it when we sent it back out. You know, I wasn't going to go into it just like totally cold, but still, actually have, doing it out loud and hearing it done out loud by everybody else. You know, as we really got into it and got rolling, I was having a great time with it, and I thought there were a lot of times where I was having to like try to keep myself from cracking up because I had, you know, a line to do or whatever, but I was really enjoying it. Yeah, it would have been a good show. <laughs> I, uh, I accidentally read the last one we sent them. Just I was just like, oh, that's what we're going to do. So some of it was fresh, and I was like very pleasantly surprised at how much better I felt like that one was. Yeah, the, last, the one we wanted to do. The one we wanted to do. No, I, I you know, it's always hard when you hear something like for me, it's like I'm always finding fault, but this one is just like, I, I like I like this script. I like a lot mm -hmm. of the little details. I like when we're at Corey, uh, you know, your house and, uh, and Amber's just talking about her wedding registry. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, like yeah. The shot. Just like those little details. Yeah. Uh, just were really. Oh, it was a, it was a character building masterclass, <laughs> this script. Cause it was just, you know, it's a lot of just like, tell me about yep. like, let's dig, like, tell me about you or tell me about these women. Like, let's, let's try and take everything from real stuff. So mm -hmm. we're just like, you know, cause I knew if I was just going to make it up, it was going to be Southern cliches. Right. So it had to be like from the real thing. Um, which uh, in our, a lot of times it just sounds like a Southern cliche. Yeah. yeah. yeah cause I remember with like a lot, some of their early on notes was like that page seemed like a bit much. Yeah. And like Trey had to constantly go, what I wrote in here, look at this text she just sent me. It's just that. Yeah, like, right. it's just that. Since I exploded all those tree stumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's gotten so big, it takes me twice as long to check them for ticks now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was great. Um, it was... Uh, it was really fun and uh, yeah thanks for letting us bring it back absolutely, to life absolutely yeah it was awesome I really hope you enjoyed that I think I managed to avoid slipping into a bad southern accent for the most part Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker and our indefatigable associate producer Noah Findling hey if you like this show please leave us a review on Apple Podcast it really helps Tell a friend. Who do you know who might like this show? Tell a friend about us. Follow us on social media. Find out all the latest. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. All right, everybody. Keep finding a way to help someone. Keep being nice to yourself. Wear a mask when appropriate. And uh, everybody stay safe out there. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.